Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit lhachurch.com. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles or your electronic device of choice, uh, let's go together 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians, get my tongue untied. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. You know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the resurrection in preparation uh, for Easter and all that Easter would be. We've talked about why Christ rose from the grave. The truth is today it is a fundamental truth. It's a fundamental belief that we must understand because it is essential to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've come through that time of Easter and the after effects of that process was not only was Christ raised from the grave, but should you and I as believers in Christ die before, before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church, because of his resurrection, you and I too will be raised from the grave to join with him and all believers in the rapture of the church. Jesus gave these important words of hope to us in John 14 and verse 19. He said, because I live, you will live also. The power of the resurrection gives us hope for tomorrow. The song we used to often sing in the church world was this, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. There's hope for tomorrow for you and I because Jesus Christ is coming soon. Can you say amen to that? The day of the time is unknown, but they are yet set in the Father's knowledge. Though you and I don't know when it is, it is an absolute truth that Jesus Christ is coming back. The facts have been settled. The truth is plainly told. The plans have been made, and the sequence of events are already set in motion to bring about the most incredible day in the life of the believer and in the life of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus returns again. Someday very soon, friends, we're going to hear a trumpet sound and in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says the sky will break open, that trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first, Jesus Christ will appear, everything, every wrong that has affected our lives on this side, every difficulty, everything we've experienced that's brought us grief, everything that has troubled our hearts, every trial, every tribulation we walk through will all be made right in just a moment. All the questions will be answered. The confusion will be cleared up as Jesus Christ returns for his church. Let's go together, First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe, do you believe this morning? Uh, let me ask that again. Do you believe this morning? For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. 
according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive and are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together, notice these words, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. I've got good news for you today. There's coming a time when the trials of this life are going to be over. You're going to walk through the last valley. You're going to walk through the last trial. You're going to experience the last heartache on this side. The Bible says we're forever going to be with the Lord. And it concludes that passage and it says this, Therefore comfort one another with these words. Today is a great day. When people need comforted. Therefore, encourage one another, verse 18 says, with these words. The message of the return of Christ is an encouraging word to the church when when others are going through times of great joy in our lives. I want to encourage, encourage one another with these words. When others are going through testing, you ever went through some tests? You ever went through some difficulties? <laughs> When you're going through there and all you can see is a mountain before you, how many of you know we need a good word of encouragement? The enemy's telling us you're never going to make it. The enemy's telling us I'm going to take you out. The enemy's telling you're never going to come through this. But the Bible says there is a future for you. There's a future for me. He's not taking us out. God has a plan. And the Bible says I want you to encourage one another with the words of this plan. Jesus Christ, he's coming again. He is the greatest hope of every Christian. Probably no other thought brings greater encouragement and hope to the heart of the believer than the thought of the return of Jesus Christ. It is the great hope of the church. Now today there are a lot of beliefs and a lot of theories, a lot of philosophies of man. They're based on man's thinking and man's thought. One of the difficulties we're facing today is as we're facing social issues, many of them are being determined by the thoughts of man. Well, this is what I think, and well, science tells us this, and and this is what the community would tell us. But my friends, I want to encourage you this morning when we began talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not based on some man's theory. It's not based on some man's thought. But it is anchored. It's a truth that is anchored in the Word of God. We know Jesus came as a babe in Bethlehem. We know he grew up. We know he was crucified on a cross. He rose from the grave on the third day. That's not the end of the story. The Bible says he will come back once again the king of all kings and the lord of all lords the truth is anchored in the word of god this is not a maybe it'll happen maybe it won't this hope is founded on the word of god because we believe jesus died he rose again and he will soon return for his church 
There's some truths about the return of Christ. There's some truths about his coming that we need to understand. The first thing that the scriptures tell us in this passage is this. We, we need to be informed. First thing he says, look at verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed. There are many people who just don't understand the truths about the coming of the Lord. Last week, we asked you uh, last week for people to fill out uh, cards as we were preparing a sermon series uh, called You Asked For It that will be coming up in the summer months. Probably one of the number one topics that came through on those was the end times and the return of Christ. And we're going to be at that time, we're going to be delving a little deeper into the things that are going on in the world today and the, the signs. And the Bible talks about birth pains, things that bring upon and tell us about a soon expectant arrival. The Bible says we don't have to be uninformed about these things. There's a lot of people, though, today that just don't understand the truths about the coming of the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us there will be those in the last days. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3-4 tells us, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires, and they will say, Where is the coming that he promised? A lot of people are saying, Well, you know, that's just a lot of... Rhetoric, that's just a lot of uh, folklore. A lot of people talked about the return of Christ. A lot of people died saying they would see the return of Christ, and they've gone by the way. Where is his coming? Friend, the Bible is clear that we are not confused about the return of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 13, brothers and sisters. We don't want you to be uninformed about what? About those who sleep in death. Now, the term sleep is used many times throughout the scriptures for a reference to death. We find it in John chapter 11, verses 11 through 14. Lazarus had died, and Jesus uh, is preparing to go. Jesus knows in advance what he's going to do. He gathers his disciples, and he says this, Our friend, beginning verse 11, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going there to wake him up. His disciples, how many of you know a lot of times Jesus was talking about one thing and the disciples talking about something totally different? Jesus said, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Poor Jesus. You know, sometimes he just want to look at him and go, you guys are not getting it, are you? Notice what he says. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he just told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Let us go to him now. The apostle says we don't want you to be uninformed about those who've died. He continues on in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who have died so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who, notice this phrase, you can't, over, you can't skip over, who have no 
hope. Those who have no hope. Now, when it comes to a time of death, we know that those in the world are so often filled with no hope. They are confronted with the end of the journey. They don't know. They have not experienced the hope as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that we have experienced. When they lay a loved one to rest, for many of them, it's the end of the road. Now, I don't want to give you a confusing point. As, as believers, it's not like we don't grieve. We have a grieving process. The truth is, believer or not, when you lay a loved one to rest, They've passed on and we lay them to a time of rest. We know that there's a grieving. Not, we don't grieve for them. We grieve for us. The loss is not theirs. The loss is ours. But I want to tell you it is a temporary loss. It's a temporary season where we're going to be separated. Our hearts are experiencing a natural grief in the loss of a loved one. But I would tell you today that our grief is arrested by the hope that we have in Jesus. There is a hope that springs forth in our hearts because we know we're going to be joined together with him again in the future. It has been said that the world is filled with a hopeless end. But believers in Christ are filled with an endless hope. When we lay a loved one to rest, it's not the end of the story. It's a time of separation, but one day, one day, one day, one day, the grief is going to be over. The tears will become joy. The sorrow will become laughter. We will be filled with unexpressible joy as Jesus Christ returns and we're gathered together. He said, I don't want you to be uninformed. Secondly, we find it is the hope of every believer. Look at verse 14. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Friends, this truth is a part of the gospel message. Jesus Christ died to bring salvation to your life. We believe that Jesus died. We just passed through that season. On Good Friday, we celebrated together the death of Jesus Christ on the cross where he paid for your sin and my sin. Where on the cross, the curse of sin that had riddled man's life, the curse of sin that had held men in bondage, Jesus Christ on the cross uttered these words, It is finished the work is done the price has been paid jesus christ died on the cross to bring us salvation we believe that jesus died but we also believe that jesus rose again from the grave what a great hope for the church what a great hope today for those of us who've had loved ones die in Jesus Christ. You see, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, then you got to believe the rest of the scripture when it says God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Since death has no power over us, 
Since death has no power over him, we know that on resurrection day, death will lose its hold over us. It may take us by the way of the grave, but one day, one day its hold will be broken and death will be swallowed up in victory for every believer. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. 1 Corinthians 6 and 14, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. The basis of the rapture has to do with our faith in Christ. And the rapture is for those who have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important, though, that we're not uninformed. It's important that we understand it is the hope of every believer. It's a hope, my friend. It is not hope as the world hope. The, the, the world today is saying, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. How many of you know there's a good chance it'll rain tomorrow? <laughs> Actually, what the world is saying, well, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't happen. You see, the world's version of hope is based on chance. But for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope is not based on chance. It's based on fact. History tells us Jesus came. History tells us Jesus died. In the future, we will come to a day where history will record that Jesus Christ came back as King of kings and Lord of lords. We understand the elements of the Lord's coming. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 15 and 16. Brother Jim, I still feel like I'm a little hot down here, and I don't, I'm afraid I may have to pray for healing for some ears this morning. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 16. According to the Lord's own word, thank you, Brother Jim, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now we understand today that the church, not this building, not this structure, not this edifice, we understand the church, the church is the people who come here. The church are those who have given their heart and life to Jesus Christ. They are the bride of Christ. And we have a heavenly bridegroom who's coming to gather his bride from the four corners of the earth. Now, just a few weeks ago, we stood on, uh, I stood on a platform with Colton. And um, I, for years, have called her Miss Lillian. I told her I was going to change it, call her Mrs. Lillian now. But her and her father, Joe, walked through the back doors and walked down the aisle, and they stopped. And I asked this question, who is it that gives this woman to be married to this man? And her father, Joe, said, her mother and I. And I looked over at Colton, who had been very calm thus far, who had been really together. I looked at a nervous now young man and said, you may go get your bride. 
And Colton, with a smile on his face, walked down the steps, came to this young lady, took her by the hand, and they together walked up the steps, and they were united as husband and wife. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died upon an old rugged cross to provide salvation. Jesus Christ died on the cross to provide you and I a way to not just be uh, a strangers, but uh, adopted into the family. We became his people. The church began. We became the bride of Christ, Jesus Christ, the heavenly bridegroom. And Jesus said in John 14, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Jesus is going to get the house ready. Jesus is going, you know, that's the way it is with a husband and wife. They, you know, they're, they're preparing to get married and they're making plans. And I tell you what, I, I, I chuckled so many times when I would meet with Lillian Colton because we'd get together and, and Lillian would come in the meeting and she would have her laptop and she'd open it up with spreadsheets and every detail she had done. It was incredible. I've never done a wedding quite like that. They had spent hours upon hours talking and preparing and getting ready. Everything was coming down to this moment. It had been months and months and months and months of planning and, and strategizing and figuring things out. Jesus said for 2,000 years, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go and prepare a place, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. He said, I'm getting the house ready. I'm getting things ready for us to come together, the bride and the heavenly bridegroom. And it's not going to be long until God the Father is going to look at his son and he's going to say, son, it's time to go home and get your bride. You paid the price. The house is ready. Everything's been prepared. Go and get your bride. No wonder the apostle John said, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. You see, there's a strong attachment here. He's the one that came to the earth. He's the one that went to the cross. He's the one who died for our sins. He's the one who redeemed us. The Bible says in Acts 4, 12, salvation is found in no one else. Jesus said, I am the gate. If you want to get to heaven, you got to go through me. It's no wonder the Bible says the Lord himself will come down from heaven. It goes on to say he'll come down from heaven with a loud command. His voice is the voice of all voices. When Jesus Christ gives a command, things happen. When Jesus speaks, it gets man's attention. What's he going to command, you might ask? I believe he'll give the command to those bodies who've been waiting on resurrection day. The Lord will give the command, summoning the bodies of everyone who's died in Christ who immediately rise from the grave and come to new life in Jesus. Jesus Christ, the work of the cross will be consummated. The work and the reality, Jesus' work to provide a remedy for the curse of sin will be completed. Hallelujah. 
Jesus said to John 5 and 25, Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Next it says the trumpet call of God. Now throughout history in the world, trumpets have been used. In the Old Testament times, Trumpets were used to bring people together. They would sound the trumpet to assemble and to gather the people together. Since Jesus' coming is a gathering together of those who have died in him, we find he's given the command to resurrect. The Bible says those who've died will rise from the grave. We find now that he gives a trumpet call. A trumpet call that is summoning all those who are alive, all those who've been watching, all those who've been waiting, all those who've been encouraging one another with these words, those that have said in their heart, Jesus is coming soon, those who've been ready and waiting for the return of Jesus, the trumpet call will sound. And Jesus Christ will return for his bride. Now, throughout the scriptures, the trumpet has been used at times to call together the warriors. It's been used to rouse an army. Friend, the near future, in the near future, the trumpet is going to sound. The trumpet will sound. We're going to stop. There's coming a day when we'll hear the last sermon on the return of the Lord. There's coming a day we'll be encouraged for the last time with these words. There's coming a day when the trumpet will sound. And it will call the church to its finest hour. The command for those who've died has been given. The trumpet will blow for those who are alive and awaiting his return. Notice 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in a flash. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. How many know a change will be a good thing? In heaven, nobody will get up out of a chair and go, oh. In heaven, nobody will say, man, I'm sore this morning. Everything that has caused death and decay in these bodies, everything that has caused sickness and disease will all be over. Everything that has brought trials and tribulations and difficulties will all be over. He continues on in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, and the dead in Christ, he says, will rise first. This is not a science fiction movie. This is a reality. 
The dead in Christ will rise first. The graves are going to open. The bodies are going to come out of the ground. And in an instant, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the grave, the grave, the grave that people stood by and sobbed tears, the grave that others have stood by and said their last goodbyes to, the grave that we've said it's all over on this side, that grave, that very place, that very curse will be robbed for all eternity as the dead in Christ rise first. We've been separated for a little while. Probably everyone in this room at some point in your life has stood by the grave of a loved one and cry tears of grief. But my encouragement to you today is this. Don't give up hope. Understand that our grieving is for a season. The psalmist said, weeping may endure for the night, but joy, somebody say joy. Joy, joy comes in the morning. Ooh, we've been separated for a while, but in a little while, we're going to be with them. We've mourned our separation one day for the last time, but the Bible says we're going to meet them in the air. I don't know what it'll be like. I've often wondered what it will be like the day the Lord Jesus Christ returns. I've often wondered, will I be at home? Will I be in the office working? Will I be in church? I can't imagine. Can you imagine with me for a moment? We're together in the house of God and the rapture takes place. Good Lord, have mercy. I mean, we're right in the middle of an incredible time of worship and people are going, oh, Lord, I want to see you. And the father says, okay, son, it's time. Go show yourself to your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we go from this place of worshiping him to a place where we'll see him face to face. Woo! <laughs> Maybe you singers, when you get there, the angels say, just come on over and join us over here. And the musicians, they'll say, Mike, you just bring your harp right on over here with us, buddy, and we're going to play together. Woo! I don't... I've often wondered, Lord, where will I be? What age will I be when you return? But one day, I'm going to set the clock for the last time. One day, I'm going to start my day as ordinary for the last time. There's coming a day when all of a sudden... When all of a sudden, we may be saying, well, I, I, I didn't expect it this early. But he's here, and the trumpet is sounding. And as the trumpet sounds, your feet are going to get a little bit. I wonder, will I just kind of kind of go up slow and watch it happen? Or will it just be instantaneous? I close my eyes to this side, open them, and I'm there already. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I know this. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and remain will be caught up. Now, some of y'all have said, well, where's the word rapture in the church? The word rapture is actually not in the Bible. The word caught up is where we get the term rapture. They're caught up. They're raptured away. 
The Bible says they'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Before my feet leave the ground, my daddy's body is coming up out of the grave. <laughs> my daddy's body is going to come. Grandma Morrill ain't seen a day like they're going to see that day. It's going to be a day that will change everything. He'll come up. My feet then will come up. But the Bible says we'll be joined together with them in the air to be with the Lord. Notice it forever. Now, you and I have experienced some incredible times together in church. We've experienced some times together in the presence of the Lord, and we've said before, man, I don't want to leave this time. I don't, I, I don't want to leave the Lord's presence. Friends, there's coming a day when we won't have to leave the Lord's presence anymore. Everything that's caused headache, everything that's caused turmoil, everything that's caused trouble, everything that's caused frustration, everything that's caused anxiety, everything that's caused worry and fear and sickness and disease will all be over. It'll all be over. It'll all be over. I want you to consider that thought. It'll all be over. Our family members are going to be there with us. Every baby that's ever been miscarried will be there. Every baby that's been aborted will be there. This week I looked up some statistics. Since 1973, they estimate since 1973, worldwide, over 3 billion babies have been aborted. I ain't got time to go there today. But if there's anything that believers ought to stand up for and not be confused over, it's the life of children. There's something wrong when as a believer in Christ, you are confused on abortion. Every baby that's ever been aborted, every family member, every friend that has died in Christ, We'll be there in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We'll be with them forever, never to part again. The curse of sin will finally be over. Verse 18. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. Let me tell you, we are in a season right now probably one of the most discouraging times in our world that I can remember in recent history. We have watched recently as individuals who have died at the hands of people who walked into places of worship and taken lives. We have watched as our Leaders of our nation have argued whether it's okay to kill a child once it's been born after a botched abortion. We have watched as leaders have lied and accused others of lying. And There's only one good word that I have for probably Washington, D.C. today, and it's called confusion. 
it has left us with the feeling of what tomorrow will be. It's left us with the feeling of I don't know what to expect. Every day, how many of you know every day is something new? There is no such thing as old news. Every day, something else. Somebody else is doing something ridiculous. Every day, somebody else is hurting somebody. Every day, some leader is saying something ridiculous. And we're like, what in the world is going on? Let me tell you, if there's ever been a day, listen, let, let, let me just put it to you this way. It doesn't matter. Who gets in in 2020, the problem is not going to be solved. It's not going to be solved. The only thing that's going to solve what's going on in America is when Jesus Christ puts everything back in proper perspective and the one who is the real king sits on the throne to rule and reign forever. That's the only thing that's going to put wrong back right. Until that time, listen, we're going to be filled with trouble and trial. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. It's going to be rough. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tears. It's going to be sorrow. That's what the news is reporting. Wow, Lord, give me words right now. Hmm. That's what the world is saying. As believers, there's something God wants us to say. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Listen, it's troubling when you turn on the news and all they have to say is all the trouble. Listen, when your hope is in the world, when your hope is who's in the White House or who'll get in the White House or who's a sinner or a congress, when your hope is in somebody else to fix it, listen, all you're going to know is the trouble that the news keeps putting on. But for the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, I'll be honest with you, there's some days... I'll just look at Paul and say, man, i got to turn it off. I don't even want to hear it anymore. Do you all ever watch the news and really get aggravated by the time the news is off? And then what they do, it's a incredible tactic they use. They'll say, well, in the next program coming on in two minutes, we're going to talk about this. And you go, well, I want to know about that. And so y'all of you spend 15 minutes watching all this garbage, but you spend hour after hour after hour, and you get done, and then you're going to go to bed and sleep peacefully? <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's so aggravating because all they're doing is talking about the things of this earth and the things that are dying, the things of decay, the things of trouble. Actually, all they're doing is rehearsing. Lord, give me words this morning. They are rehearsing the effects of sin. You know why politicians lie? They're sinners. You know why they cheat? Because they're sinners. You know why abortion's an object? Because of those sin in the world. So when you're watching the news, it's a regurgitation of sin. No wonder it's frustrating to you as a believer. 
Jesus said, I've got something for you in the midst of trial. I've got something for you in the midst of difficulty. He says, I've got something in the midst of Fox News and MSNBC and NBC and ABC. He says, this is what I want you to speak. Therefore, encourage, encourage, encourage one another with these words. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Imagine for a moment what heaven's going to be like. A place of no sin. A place of no difficulty. A place of no sickness. A place of no more funerals. A place of no more division. A place of no more hurts. A place of all difficulty gone. He said, encourage one another. You know, 2019 could be the year Jesus returns. I'm okay I'm okay that if they don't get the 2020 election. I think the Lord ought to mess them all up. And the day before, poof. Sorry, you're not getting my vote. (laughs) 2019 could be the year that the trumpet sounds and Jesus Christ returns. The Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. No one knows the time but the Father in heaven. I don't know when, but it's on his timeline. Jesus is coming soon. He said, encourage one another with these words. Listen, friend, it's an encouragement when you begin to talk about what we're expecting to experience. Live your life aware. Live your life Alert. Live your life prepared for the day because Jesus will return. Jesus will return. For the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that day will not catch us unaware. For the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be a day that's not sorrow, it is not shame, it is not filled with tears and grief. It will be a day when every wrong will be made right. But my friend, for those who don't know Jesus Christ, the Bible says they are the ones that we read about. They have no hope. Friend, do you have hope today in Jesus Christ? Do you have hope today that goes beyond this life, this earthly life? You see, this part of me that you see is temporary. It wears out. It gets old, and one day they're going to lay it to rest. But the real me... The soul of man will live forever and ever and ever and ever. Do you have hope in Jesus Christ for heaven? I remember sometime back sharing an example with you. and just came back to my mind. I want to share it with you. I remember as a kid, there was a, a boy that lived two doors down. And uh, it was in the day when, you know, most kids, we all walked to school. It was, the day when it was safe for your kids to walk to school. We'd walk to school, and I don't remember. I don't know if it's the Lord knew I was going to be a preacher one day or what. But I remember walking together with him, and uh, I looked at him, and I said, uh, his name was Charlie, and I said, Charlie, do you know Jesus, and are you going to heaven? And I was probably, I don't know, we were seven, eight years old probably. 
Today I'm 51, and I still, in my mind's eye, remember the place where we were at walking down the road to Northview School. And I remember Charlie's exact words to me that day. He said, I hope so. I hope so. That's not uncommon for a lot of people today. When we talk about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a lot of people who say, I hope I'll make heaven. I hope I'll be ready. I hope that when Jesus returns, I'll be a part of the rapture of the church. I hope, I hope, I hope. When Charlie was saying that that day, really what he was saying was, I don't know for sure. Most likely, statistically, we can probably assume that there are individuals this morning, you've come into this church, and you're kind of like my friend Charlie. If I were to ask you today, if you and I were to be able to talk just straight and eyeball to eyeball, and I were to say to you, are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ, and are you ready for heaven, you might look at me and say, I hope so. And in doing so, you say, you know what, there's, I'm concerned there's a chance I won't be ready. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. My friend, I want to tell you today, you don't have to live your life with the same thoughts that Charlie had that day of I hope so. See, that's not what God planned for my life and your life. That's why it's called the blessed hope. I can know that should Jesus Christ return tomorrow, <laughs> I can know in Jesus Christ that I'm ready. Not because of anything I've done, but everything based on what he has done. I'm ready. I'm ready. And because of that, I encourage one another with these words. My friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're going to have to find yourself having great difficulty being encouraged by these words. I remember growing up in church, and I remember from time to time, pastor I grew up under would preach the word and would tell us about the rapture of the church. And I remember as a young person, I remember being there in that service and the pastor giving out call. And I remember my heart rate, my heart would begin to beat because I didn't know that I was ready. It's a different feeling than what I have today. Today, I'm not confident in myself, but I'm confident in him and what he's done in me that I'm ready today should Jesus Christ come. Friend, maybe as we've been here this morning and I've been talking about that, maybe your heart too has been racing. Maybe you've been feeling a little nervous. Maybe you're like my friend Charlie and you've been saying, I hope, I hope, I hope. Would you bow your heads this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, it is uh, with humility of heart that we come before you today, knowing, Lord, that there's nothing we've ever done and nothing ever we've, thing that we've ever set forth to accomplish in ourselves. Everything, the only reason we're here today, Jesus, is because of you. So, Lord, today we're humbled by that fact. Lord, we're humbled by the fact that we're not ready for heaven because of anything we've done 
We can be ready for heaven because of everything you've done on the cross and providing salvation for us and giving us the free gift of salvation. But Lord, the words in our passage this morning was, you didn't want us to be uninformed. You didn't want us to be in a place of not understanding, of worrying, of uh, fretting, being afraid. You don't want us to be afraid about your coming. But Lord, your word says you want us to be encouraged by the words of your coming. Father, my prayer this morning is for people that have walked into this room today and right now in this room, they're not feeling comfort from this message. They're not feeling an expectancy. They're feeling some worry. They're feeling some concern. They're feeling some agitation that, that maybe if the Lord were to return today, they wouldn't be ready. And Father, I pray today for them. I pray today would be the day that all the fear would go, all the worry would go, and I pray that today, in Jesus Christ, they will experience encouragement as we look forward to your return. But Lord, the encouragement can only be found in you, and so we come back to that place again. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. And so, Father, I pray today that we would lay down the fear and the worry and pick up confidence and assurance in you. In Jesus' name, with all heads bowed, I'd like to ask you in this moment, my friend, are you ready for heaven? Are you ready for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? We just celebrated last weekend uh, resurrection of the Lord. We know historically, history tells us Jesus rose from the grave. Not just biblically, but historically, Jesus rose from the grave. That also means, friend, he is coming again. And one day it will not just be something the church has talked about. It will become a reality for the world we live in. I want to ask you this morning, my friend, are you ready for the Lord's return? Are you ready? Should Jesus Christ return today, are you ready? With heads bowed all across the room, how many of you would say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm ready. I'm a little worried. I'm concerned. I'm not ready for the Lord's return. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at with heads bowed? I'm, not con I'm concerned. I'm not sure that I'm ready. Yes. Across the room this morning, you'd say, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that I might not be ready. I don't want to live my life wondering. You say, I want to be sure that I'm ready. Yes. Friend, he loves you so much today. We don't have to be in fear and worry and wondering. How many others, you would join these that have lifted their hands and you'd say, 
Just remember me in prayer. I'm concerned I'm not ready. And I want to know today that I am ready for Christ's return. You just lift your hand. Say, remember me. Yes. Holy Spirit. Jesus is here right now. Hmm. Holy Spirit. Friend, while we have this opportunity, I can't guarantee another one. I just know that we have right now. Anyone else? You join these that have lifted their hands. I want to know today, beyond the shadow of doubt, I don't want to miss his coming. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord, I sense your presence in this room in an unusual way this morning. Father, I pray that you will accomplish what you have intended for this day. This is your time. Lord, would you just draw us right now? Would you draw us? Would you draw us to you right now in this moment, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Friend, I want to include one more part. Maybe you're here today and you've known Jesus over the years and uh, you're away from him today. You've not been serving him you've not been living for him you are away from him and today he's speaking to your heart today to return don't misunderstand me you can sit in a church pew for years just because you're here doesn't mean everything's right between you and God so this this morning he's speaking to your heart I want to encourage you to respond to him this morning. All across this room this morning. I feel strongly impressed to encourage you, not only those who have lifted their hands, but anyone across this room. We're going to pray a prayer together. I feel so strong in this direction right now. I don't know your life. I don't know what's going on. But I feel strongly right now the Lord is speaking to some of your hearts. Let's pray together. Let's pray this prayer from our hearts all across the room. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. You know my life, and you know everything about me. Lord Jesus, I want to be ready for heaven. I want to be ready for the rapture of the church. And I know it's not about works, but it's all about you.
So today, I come to you and I ask you to forgive all my sin. I ask you to cleanse my life and be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to make me ready for heaven. Today I choose to lay aside my sin. Today I choose to repent of all my sin and make you the Lord of my life. I ask these things in the name of Jesus, God's only Son, and my heavenly Savior, and my soon returning King. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Hmm. Father, I just pray right now for men and women across this room today. Lord, I just want to say thank you for your presence that I, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt is here in this room right now. Lord, and I, I know, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt you're doing a work right now in the hearts of men as, and women and young people as they're sitting right there in their seat. You're at work right now all across this room. Father, I pray that you will accomplish what you've begun. For those who have been filled with worry and fear, I pray today they'd be filled with anticipation. No longer slaves to fear people of confidence because we are the children of God. So Lord, I pray that it would be the prayer of our heart and it would be the steps that we take every day to encourage one another with these words. And Father, I pray today for those who in recent weeks and in days have lost loved ones by the way of the grave. Lord, I ask you today, while we don't grieve for our loved ones, we do grieve ourselves for our loss. Lord, I pray today you would encourage their hearts. I pray today you would encourage their mind. Lord, would you walk ever close beside them? Would you hold them right in the palm of your hand? Remind us, Lord, that this is only a season. Next time, we're not going to ever part again. So would you encourage their hearts today, I pray. I trust you for these things. Believe you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Jesus is coming soon, friends. Jesus is coming soon, friends. I do not take lightly the role that God has given for me to fill in this season of my life. 
I believe with all of my heart there's power in our words that we speak. I know this, all week long you're going to go through things and people are going to speak words and things that are going to tear down. I know the enemy is going to speak words that's going to be meant to tear you down and discourage you. There's power. The Bible says the power of life and death is in our tongue. So maybe all week long you've heard words that tear down, destroy, discourage, and bring despondency. In the name of Jesus, I declare over you today that you are the sons and you are the daughters of the Most High God. I declare over you, your life is not a loss. Your existence is not unimportant. You are here by the divine mandate of God. He knew you before you were born. All the days of your life were written in his book before even one of them came to be. He is your heavenly father. You are his sons and his daughters. Everything that belongs to the heavenly father belongs to you. You are heirs of the father. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. May you know the blessing of his unfailing love for your life. May you walk this week in the favor of the Lord. When you walk into every room, whoo, the favor of the Lord will walk with you. Whew, there's something right there. When you walk into the room, the favor of the Lord will walk in the room with you because you are highly anointed and favored by the Lord. The words you speak will be anointed of God the Father. The steps you take will be ordered by God Almighty. His hand will go with you. His word will guide you. For some of you this week that have decisions to make, His word will guide you and His spirit will lead you into all truth. You will know His accompanying presence so may the Lord our God bless you may the Lord our God cause his face to shine upon you may you know the depth of his great love for you and may you be blessed in all you do in Jesus name and everybody said together, amen. So be it in the Lord. We love you. The greatest day of our week is when we get to be here with you. There's strength in the family of God, isn't there? We love y'all. Have a great day. May the blessing and the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless y'all. Have a great day in Him.